Welcome to This Week in MTG with your hosts, Matt Olson, JB, and Danny Oakstead. Hello and welcome, Magic Folk, to episode 48 of This Week in MTG, your aggregate news source for all things Magic the Gathering. We are your hosts. I am Matt Olson. Over there we got... To do. Don't even try. I, will hate <laughs> I was like right there. <laughs> I was expecting it. I was waiting for it. Up there we got Danny Oakstead. Hey. <laughs> and then the other laughing voice you hear in the background <laughs> is our resident mascot, JB. Hey there. <laughs> Hey, let's let's stop this shit, Joe. <laughs> oh boy, do we have an episode for y'all today? As you can tell, we're a wee bit crazy, but we still have news that we're gonna give to you here. Uh, a couple things that we're gonna t- tell you about here before we do the breakdown is this is the last week of our giveaway of two Theros Thought Seizes, generously given to us by our new sponsor. J-Dubs Sports Cards and Gaming, new sponsor located in Fargo, North Dakota. They have a wide selection of cards and sealed product. Please go check out their website if you're interested. And also, if you're interested, uh, join the Facebook group. Uh, Links in the description down below. Yes, we have a Thoughtseize giveaway generously donated by J-Dubs here. The deadline is Wednesday at 6 p.m. That's when it's over. It's done. We're going to get winners, uh, we're going to notify the winner that night. Maybe we'll do something crazy, special, something. We haven't figured it out yet. But the winner will know. Another thing we got happening this week is there's another episode, a special episode that's coming out. We had a special guest, Lockheed, admin of the Magic Financial Aid Discord, and just like a big member of the financial community uh the good financial community not mtg finance or r slash mtg finance uh that episode will be up shortly as well please go give that a listen and if you're looking for other content to listen to as well like go check out the interview that we did with jonathan a spell table we thought that that was a great episode and with command fest coming up good to learn more about spell table there any other announcements that I missed, y'all? We don't hear the rocks rattling there, Danny. <laughs> so, here is the breakdown of this week's episode. We're going to jump over to the Boggle Desk first, where JB is going to be giving us a very lovely update on the past weekend events, including SEG Championship Qualifiers and the Players Tour Finals. I think he's going to tell us about a couple of upcoming events and stuff that we're having. From there, Danny, over at his portion of the desk, we don't have a fancy name for his desk yet, but he's going to tell us about a BNR, a surprise BNR. Stick tuned, number three will surprise you. And then from there, as always, we're going to go into the blog tog, hit up some news quickies, jump into the finance section, which is going to have a weird twist this week. 
Uh, we'll cover that when we get there. And then also a weird twist with deck of the week with this week. So buckle up, stay tuned, and yeah, maybe let's go. So from there, let's pass the torch over to the boggle desk. JB, take us away. So uh, first up, we have a SCG Tour Online Championship Qualifier for Season 2. The very first one. Uh, looks like it was won by Eli Cassis with, you guessed it, Team of Reclamation. You didn't even give us a chance to guess it. Well, this is where the editing of magic comes in. You can, uh, um, you know, make make the dramatic pause. You think? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. So second place, we had Mono Red Aggro. Third place, Racto Sacrifice. Fourth place, Jun Sacrifice. Fifth place was Mono Black Aggro. Sixth place was Mardu Winota. Seventh place, we had Four Color Reclamation. And eighth place, we had Four Color Reclamation. Good stuff. So it looks like our Players Tour Finals wrapped up. And it was won by Christoph Prinz. And he was running Four Color Reclamation. Okay, surrounding out our top eight decks, we had Mono Black Aggro. Team of Reclamation, Mardu Winota, Jun Sacrifice, Zoria's Control, another four-color Reclamation, and Team of Reclamation. Good stuff. So that'll do it for our past events. Our upcoming events, we have Command Fest 2 online. It's coming back here on August 22nd through the 23rd to 9 p.m. the first day. 9 6 p. No entry fee is required, although a $5 donation is suggested. And it looks like it's going to be run through Spell Table. So and check it out. Yep, and pairings can be found on Ch- Channel Firewall's Discord server. Get hyped for this. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, who knows? Maybe I'll jump in on this this time. Got to work on your uh, Boggle Commander deck now. Right? I do need to update her. Get the Slippery Bog Bounder in there. Well, I'd need another copy because that one's sitting in Cathro. Get all the copies you need. The Boggle needs its Bog Bounder. Just buy all the copies. Every single one. No one else can play it. And as always, the SCG Online Season 2 challenges are still happening. So go check them out. They're happening all the time. Have some fun. Play some magic, because that's what it's all about right now, right? And with that, I guess we're going to turn it over to Danny for our surprise announcement. What's the surprise, Danny? So today, Watsy has announced a banning and restricting for these following cards and these following formats. We have, in standard, we have Wilderness... Reclamation being banned. We have Growth Spiral being banned. We have Defiri Time Raveler being banned. And lastly, we have Cauldron Familiar being banned in Standard. Moving on to Pioneer. 
This has been a while for those who play Pioneer of being no bans or restrictions. So the following are all banned in Pioneer. We have Inverter of Truth, Kenneth, the Hidden Hand, Walking Ballista, Underworld Breach. I'm kind of sad about the Walking Ballista, honestly. It'd be kind of fun to make a mono white deck. You still do right? it. I saw a post uh, saw a post about it that said hashtag walking ballista didn't do anything 2020. <laughs> <laughs> I still got that turn four win in my mono white modern deck, so I'm good. Uh moving on to st- historic. We have again wilderness reclamation and Tefiri Time Raveler being banned. Suspended. I'm happy about this one. Or suspended, sorry. But I'm happy about that Tefiri being suspended. Like, really, a three drop, destroy anything or bounce anything, and then still being alive. It's that's too powerful, I think. Poor card. Yeah, not just that alone, but like restricting the ability to really interact. But yeah, you you either have to have your deck synergized so it happens on turn two, because if it happens on turn three, it's not happening. Or at least not a ma- majority of the, or one major piece of your, I guess, combo, per se, is not going to happen. But anyways, last but not least, we have Brawl. Uh, Tefiri, Time Raveler is banned in that. All of these bans go effective as of Monday the 3rd. Um, so yeah, it should be an interesting shakeup for four formats so yeah so this is a big band hammer that came out of nowhere we'll kind of skim all the way to the end of the article here to uh first talk about the reason why of this uh limited or not limited no notice announcement in watsi's band and restricted article it says quote in the past, we've given a one-week advance notice for updates to the banned and restricted list. Because of the increased focus on digital play environments during this time period, we're choosing to forego that advance notice and roll out these changes as soon as possible. This isn't necessarily indicative of how we'll announce and implement in the future, and we're continuing to look how we balance giving players advance notice versus staying agile with respect to to the changing metagames. Well, it says right there with the focus on digital, at least until further notice, we might be seeing more un- unannounced, banned and restricted announcements in the future. But Well, yeah, with, I, I understand that because with the current time of play or ability to play, everything is digital. So everyone's either on MTGO or Arena. And with the announcement, per se, of possible Pioneer by the end of the year on Arena, it's just a way of making it so not everyone's playing the same deck immediately once everyone's on there for Pioneer. Right. I imagine Pioneer's coming to arena sooner than what they originally thought as well because of something like this announcing these pioneer bands with Amonkhet remastered coming just around the corner Amonkhet remastered is coming august 13th on arena 
So it's 10 days away, meaning that Pioneer is coming sooner. It makes sense that they'd be wanting to make these Pioneer changes sooner. So that way, as soon as they, that way, they can have people focus on Pioneer right away. Because in the article, uh, in their banner restricted article, they they commented on the fact that Pioneer play has seen a decrease on Moto. And if they want, if they want Pioneer on Arena, and one of the things that are stopping people from playing Pioneer are these combo decks, it makes sense for them now to be unbanning this stuff and maybe it's just kind of like a way to extremely hype be like hey guys pioneer is now going to be coming out well i mean pioneer fully is not coming out onto arena it's just amonkhet remastered you get your cards pioneers coming soon uh by the end of 2020 they're expecting so it's a couple months away from getting pioneer uh with no with no real time set from that it could be any time so I feel they're definitely going to be pushing that. Like, I believe since they made this level of advancement in the ban and restricted announcements compared to the last one like a month ago where they just unbanned Oath of Nyssa, these feel like strong plays to try and get people to be more interested in Pioneer to get people primed up to it and play it on Arena, I believe. But uh, let's talk about those bannings a little more here in Pioneer because that's really, really like, the big topic that the the highlights i would say of the ban and restricted announcements like with standard and his uh, standard specifically all those things people have been clamoring for a long time and that's on a whole other level of discussion but we'll get there in a second pioneer inverter of truth gone so demir inverter decks done at least for now there may be some other ways to be doing that but until then new uh they were saying in the article here they believe that there was a different uh they they saw different decks have success in pioneer and no decks with problematic win rates against the field they did though see that the large portion of the metagame was combo decks Hence, all these combo key cards are now banned. Uh, I know a lot of people were, were, were questioning with, like, Kethis the Hidden Hand, really? How's that gone? This is more of, like, trying to check the power level of combo decks, you know, taking out the three the three big uh, decks of Underworld, Breached, Walking Blister, and Inverter of Truth combo decks. Like, they just didn't want Kethis combo to be coming up and becoming the new dominant thing right away in a new meta. Uh, another fun thing about this as well is they commented on Thassa's oracle of a potential uh, of potentially getting banned in place of Inverter. It seemed like, uh, but all in all, they believed that uh, Thassa's or oracle would not be the appropriate choice compared to the power that Inverter gives to the Inverter decks. Uh, they do want to. The this is their this is their newest format, so it makes sense that they want to do what they can to this, make it successful, and especially with it coming out to arena soon. You know, like 
Wizards mm-hmm. is all for pushing this onto Arena. And like I said a little bit ago, this seems like a good way to like have people when Pioneer comes out be like, oh, uh, the three boogeymans of the format are now gone. This will definitely open up a lot of uh, metagame, uh, open up a lot of the meta share for other decks to be shown up, like more mono black uh, devotion decks and blue uh, blue flash aggro, and maybe some ramp decks and stuff going on, etc., etc. I guess we can just quickly mention here the brawl with Teferi Time Raveler. Apparently, he was the commander with the highest win rate, one of the highest win rates of the format. And in addition to the impacts of standard, where it was very restrictive with his first static ability, they decided to ban him. I don't know. Do you guys, have you guys played Brawl recently and run up against Teferi Time Raveler decks? I have not played Brawl since Arena had their special Brawl days. Yeah. Um, I really don't play Brawl, but whenever... So if I'm on Arena, I'm usually playing Historic. Actually, always, basically. 99% of the time I'm playing Historic. And I absolutely hate seeing him pop up. Doesn't matter when or how late of the game it how late of the game it is, because it always immediately wrecks your board state. Yeah, Teferi is just a miserable card to play against. Right. Three removal of whatever they want and then still in the battlefield. Right. It's always it's always such a, a feel bad. And especially with some of these newer big cards that have come out recently, like Terror of the Peaks and that five mana six six green guy it's like these cards are cool and all that but teferi just like demolishes it because they're my five mana to cast this awesome creature is now uh negated. yeah negated because you cast your three mana thing that bounces it back to its hand like it teferi warped the way that we looked at creatures and how they were perceived and stuff and uh, Danny, you can definitely speak to this a lot more because you play a lot more historic than both uh, JB and I. But when it comes to that, like, it's just not a fun, fun environment, I imagine. No, it's not because usually when you run up against them, um, so I play a mono white healer hawk heliod combo life gain deck. Um, with the Johnny Pride made, so you can have basically a lethal like the next turn, and they pop your Teferi out, and oh hey, he's now gone. And by the time you build up to get rid of Teferi, he's back at his four, and he's doing it all over again. Um, so it's again, I get it; it's a control card, but it's still a Planeswalker that's too powerful to play or play against. Um, it's kind of a blue Oko. <laughs> where it's just your creature or your cards back, but honestly, I'd rather play against Oko than this guy. 
yeah, Oko makes three three elks, but at least you have something. I don't know. Yeah. That's just, he, he should be banned just like Oko is banned. And he is. Teferi is gone. Finally. Hopefully just, it'll drop the price some now, too. Just before he rotates out of standard. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, that's another thing. So, talking about all the standard bands as well. Little uh, tinfoily hat kind of thing here is uh, my thoughts. The reason why I believe that uh, so the 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 four bannings in standard are wilderness reclamation, growth spiral, to fairy time raveler, and cauldron familiar. Uh, they go in the article talking about specific specifically each of them and their large meta share and their overall win rates and stuff. Uh, specifically talking about things like growth spiral and rec decks, uh, reclamation index. They uh, together make uh, growth spiral made up sixty eight percent of the day one meta of the player tour finals and we've seen high high percentage use of girl spiral decks from seg challenges and from online leagues as well and previous uh qualifiers for players tour and stuff like players tour one two three and four girl spiral had a high percentage in there and they acknowledge that. Uh, so my thought, my my tinfoil hat theory of they they don't want to shift the players tour meta game for reasons I haven't been able to put a finger on. There's definitely different ways that this could branch out, but with uh, them not wanting to change up the meta game for the pros to be able to use, like they've been, you know, honed in all these decks and stuff. Well, they couldn't do it, you know, from last week with uh, uh, players tour three and four. I'm pretty sure they had to keep the decks, uh, the top eight. Uh, they kept the decks that they used last week to this week. So you yeah. can't, can't really be banning cards and making them change their decks. But You should, because they can do it to everyone else. Yeah. You can play with a card on one Friday, then the next Friday you can have 17 cards you can't play with anymore. But this is the player's okay. tour. This is This is like one of Magic's showcase events where they premiere strong cards of the format. My thought... I'm I'm agreeing with you. I'm just saying it's one of those things like they're favoring the pros rather than doing what they shouldn't have been doing a while ago and banning these three cards that have been or four cards that have been taking over the meta and basically every competition for standard I do I do believe that they could have totally uh have banned Girl Spiral and at least Wilderness Reclamation. Like they could have hit Teferi too, like all all at the time just just after Ikoria, you know? Uh yeah. around the same times that Fires of Invention and Agent and Treachery. Like they're both in the same thing. But yeah, taking away the pieces that made the engine good is Definitely. Well, Agent of Treachery is its own case because it's synergized in a couple different decks, like the Mardu or with the uh, the Winota decks, and then also in the Fires of Invention and the Ramp decks. Like it just like slotted in all of those. So that card, yeah, makes sense. But with Wilderness Wreck and uh, Girl Spiral just being strong, they could have uh, nipped that one in the bud around May, and then we once had to worry about the Players Tour 
the players tour qualifiers leading up to player tours final being heavily dominated by girl spiral ramp decks and you know cauldron familiar i just feel is like they, they they said that cauldron familiar was kind of like a nip to help decrease the chance of Jundr Rakdos sacrifice picking up but also because the play patterns with Cauldron Familiar uh, induced slow gameplay online because there's a lot of clicking and stuff to do those triggers but uh, that, that that that's a little off to the side of talking of Girl Spiral and rec- Wilderness of Reclamation of they could have got rid of those cards a long time ago and players tour could have easily still been a more diverse field than what it was. Yep. I mean, in my opinion, they could have gotten rid of cat combo a long time ago too. Yeah, but cat combo never was a uh, a card combination that was as dominant and despised as uh, gross spire of you know simic ramp decks. Or it was before Sim- or It was before the reclamation decks came in. Yeah, because what it was Corvold with Jund and stuff, and it was it was rough. But the 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 the, the deck hasn't evolved too far away from its original uh, thing. And I don't know. The Rakdos version was pretty rough. I guess I haven't. I, I didn't play against a lot of Rakdos decks. I, I was always that was a lot more streamlined, especially when they threw in like the Mayhem Devils and all the other stuff. It's just it was it's it needed to go right. Cauldron Familiar and Witch's Oven is a great combination, and it does make the Jund Rakdo sacrifice decks hum way better having that repetitive sack outlet there, and you know that that life game. But it's definitely I definitely understand that one taking after they took out Teferi Wilderness Wreck and Gross Spiral, like they just didn't want that one to then become a dominant deck and then you know because when jun sacrifice was a thing teamer adventures was the deck that was keeping up with it and then you had the uh there was a bant deck with it right that was also in the meta uh before before theros that was also going up against jund um i think it was just a bant ramp deck yeah i mean that had girl spiral in there as well and stuff i mean we still got earl but uh, one, I feel I've uh, we've devi- uh, deviated a little bit from the whole thing of like all these cars that they just uh, aside from Cauldron Familiar, yeah, Cauldron Familiar is from Throne of Eldraine, right? Yeah, yeah. So aside from that, like Wilderness Rack, Girl Spiral, T- and Teferi, they're all going out in the with rotation and stuff. Curled Spiral should have been banned in, uh, or suspended in Historic, too. It's a strong card. The, a two-mana ramp spell, you know, it's... It, it's... The, the reason one of the decks I play in Historic um, you run into quite often is the five-color Shrine deck. It runs Wilderness, Reclamation, and Grilled Spiral. So it can get those Shrines out and then the one deals damage to equal lands or something. Yep. Yeah, so, okay, I have 12 lands out now. I'm going to tap this and deal 12 to you. It's just... Unless unless you're playing enchantment removal, it's good game. 
and each one deals damage basically depending on either modern shrines you have or lands you control or creatures you control. It's just it's one of those things that could have nullified that deck too. Because it'd always be on tapping everything right away. And basically doing it again and again and again. Right. So Well this uh, having Wilderness Wreck cut from that in historic is gonna be significant for the oh, yeah, for decks. sure. I agree with that. It's just one of those things Growth Spiral would have I guess would have gotten people away from playing the shrine deck. I don't know. But, I think people still would be playing the shrine deck, even if Growth Spiral is gone. Like it's just a fun deck. And especially in historic, because they got all the shrines and the Hondans in there. I uh, again, I, I haven't played historic a lot to know the ramp style decks and, and stuff like that. But two mana, ra- two mana ramp I, spells are always powerful. Like, why haven't we seen this? Reason why we haven't seen signets or talismans and stuff. True. Uh, aside from master master sets and stuff, or uh, commander products, where they print those in, where it's like, yeah, two two mana ramp is a thing in there. Like in standard, it's a little more dicey because it's it's fast it hits hard it makes your turn three your turn four, four play and yep then you get things like cultivate which is a three mana thing like there's a little more like the difference between two and three for ramping is significant oh yeah for sure i feel with there that's a good spot uh, before we just keep rambling on about that to move on to the next part of the I was news. I really just going to say this. Uh, I think that's a good spot to end and move along to Blog Toggle of the Week. Ooh, good job, Danny. This week's Blog Toggle comes from huge, huge tracks of Fetchland. Yes, when or if a white enchantment will have effects similar to Oblate. Oubliette. What? Oubliette. 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 It's Oubliette because it's apostrophe S, Matt. Yes, add the S. <laughs> I was doing that. No, it's Oubliette. Well, I'm just telling you how to sound it yep. singular. Yep. You, you add the... Four times. You add the plural into it, man. That's all on you. Plural. Or possessive? It's it's possessive. Because it's apostrophe S. Possessive. I can't say that word because I have a speech impediment. (laughs) Leave me alone. I'm not making fun with you. (laughs) I've got straight D's in English, so don't ask me about grammar. Oh, I I have basically B's and A's in English. I just, after my accent, I just can't talk. I fucking hate English. <laughs> it's just stupid. That's whatever. It's high school is easy. Anyway, this blog talk comes from huge tracks of Fetchland. Yes, when or if a white enchantment has an effect similar to Ubelet's new text, Mark replies, "It's more when than if." <gasps> what? That'd be cool. I mean, we're not surprised with that. Like, it was something that was talked about a while ago as well with, like, uh, I believe there's a, a blog talk that I was reading talking about O-Ring now. Like, is O-Ring 
uh, oblivion ring effects going to be a thing with the new phasing instead of you know o-ring effects so i mean i imagine we're going to be seeing something like you know for sure more phasing in white coming it's just good to know to get this level of confirmation especially after seeing the oubliette uh text box improvements because i don't know if you guys seen the old card of it uh before but it was it was a novel of text on there that oh, yeah. people had people were getting so confused because the way that it was worded that you if you never played it before they would like um so this happens but then what happens after this exactly but now, uh, one thing with this new phasing update on Oubliette is it also includes equipment. Uh, that was one thing that the original Oubliette did not. Uh, Oubliette was from the dark, and the dark was before equipment was a thing. So that never got put into the text box. And this was just like the most... Uh, there's There's been several conversations and stuff about it from uh the the product or not the product the uh the developers the uh the, the r&d side of it talking about working on the functional uh errata to it to make it fit in bo- text boxes and stuff uh, i'm pretty sure there was a drive to work uh mark rosewater did with mike uh, turian 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 i think that's his name i don't have it pulled up in front of me because i didn't have it in the show notes i apologize but yeah they're talking about uh, functional erratas and stuff for cards like that and it's definitely it's definitely nice and especially popper players are super happy with that and then if we get uh, a white oubliette effect o-ring oubliettes i imagine it's going to be uncommon little side note on that and all that match done rambling on about that <laughs> go back to him for the news quickie so first up in the quickies, we have FNM and Home. This Friday is Historic Popper. As always, if you're participating in FNM at Home, check out with your uh, check out your local LGS if they have a way for you to uh, submit and receive codes. Uh, J Dubs does that on their Facebook page, so go check that out. You post a picture that you've done it, and then you get a code for some awesome sleeves or whatever uh, uh, reward that you get for entering that code. So check with your local LGS. All right, next up, we've got Double Masters release notes. Love the link in the show notes for you guys. Um, but it's basically just the set article that comes out right before it, you know, hit, hits players' hands, just goes over, you know, returning mechanics, new mechanics, um, certain card interactions, stuff like that. Um, if you want, the link will be in the description to check it out. They talk about a lot of cards. It would be it would be hard for us to cover some of them after spending so yeah. much time on the BNR there. It's it's long. It is long. So if you've got some time and you're interested in it, check it out. So what you're saying is they can look at it while they listen to us. Yeah. It would probably take them that long to go through it. <laughs> but we're telling them about it halfway through the podcast. We'd have to... But- re-listen to ours or or you can do it or what you can do is look at this and listen to our special interview with lockheed oh way to push there you go good job get, 
get double the double masters. Exactly. <laughs> All along with our interview. So moving along with these quickies, Watsy had uh, has thrown some curveballs recently with this new new set um, that's coming out with Zencar Rising. Set boosters. Uh, hmm? Set boosters specifically. With the yep. Okay. So this curveball is pertaining to the set boosters where they're going to have kind of a wild card in there instead of like a token. And these cards, or some of these cards, are going to be super powerful cards. Um, while others showcase some of the fun corners of Magic's Pass. So we can have Slivers, or Samurais, or even an unusual frame from a long ago set. So is that like Arabian or they're definitely not going to touch bitter alpha. I mean, they would have like, they could have birds of paradise or lightning bolt and those things were from there with the, the unusual frames from long ago sets. Uh, I think it'd be cool if they did the future site uh, borders and stuff. Like picture, picture original Tarmogoyf style borders. Like they'd be bringing back something like that. Um, there's like, not brawl, brute, something of the Crosane Crosane fist that has that style. I think that'd be pretty cool. Something new. So we talked a lot about the real, a lot of the news that was pretty much the BNR, uh, the BNR update. So from there, this episode is getting a little long. Let's just jump into the finance section. Uh, with the finance section, as always, we go off of mtgstocks.com. They have an amazing article that they put up once a week called Weekly Winners. But this week, they did not have one. So we're going to try something a little different. So work with us here, please. JB would love to talk about a recent price spike on a card that is near and dear to his heart. We have the ninth edition of Wrath of God seeing a really large price spike. Uh, and we're talking really large. Yeah, com- comparatively. Like, this card, um, there's nothing super fancy about the art or anything. But just last month, Wrath of God was seven dollars fifty cents, and now it's over twenty bucks. So, uh, with that introduction there for you, JB, take us away. With what? I mean, I we, I wanna... we covered it. It's <laughs> it's a price spike. Well, you wanted to talk about <laughs> it. I just I was throwing out options. It's for finance. It's, I don't know what else we can talk uh, about. Market, market value hasn't really actually it's gone down a penny. Well, just market value usually takes like, like a day or two after a spike to even out. Right. Oils are 25 or just about 25. That's crazy. Yeah. So looking on TCG player right now, uh, 
they so have. So now, question is, is is Ninth Edition the only one with this art? No. No, because Double Master is getting this art. Yeah, for the, the non-set uh, one there. Uh, tenth Edition has the same art. Uh, seventh Edition has the same art, but it's in a different border. Uh, eighth Edition is the same, but it has a white border. Okay, so then it's not that. So what what is causing just the ninth edition to uh, go crazy? Like that's what I don't get. Like I don't know. Yeah, this is the thing that we're trying to uh talk out with all of you. So going yeah. on to this print this art has been used one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight times. Yeah, this is pretty crazy because on TCG Player, yeah. there are multiple stores that are selling this for twenty bucks, twenty one, forty seven, twenty four, twenty six. Yeah, the 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 random spike on this. We're doing we're doing some live live searching and stuff here, folks. Right. I don't know. That's crazy. Yeah, because on Scryfall Ninth Edition, still at seven forty nine. Where are you at? Fifth edition. There we go. Ninth edition. Let's see if something specifically is getting played from uh, MTGDex.net here. There was a weekday modern event, July 27th, Mono White Ameria, that was running it, uh, made it in first place in that. Uh, a top eight finish with a white-red control back on the 25th of July. It shows up in blue-white control, snow control decks, uh, blue-white stoneforge, all in modern here. Nothing is like extremely standing out because even with this mono white Amiria deck, it's it's not a cheap deck. It's a it's it's a five hundred dollar deck. Just looking at TCG, um, with their listings below for the different places they can get from, um, it looks like the price spike is due to everyone listing their near mint foils all for like $26 between $25 and $26. Yeah, but yeah, I guess foils could be affecting the price significantly of some way, but yeah, but are foils really going to affect the price of regulars that much? I would not imagine. Especially when you got all these normal versions, you know, Fifth edition, Eternal Masters, uh, Commander Thirteen, all with the same art, right? For seven bucks, like seven bucks seems high for this kind of a board wipe, but at the same time, it's like it is the marquee board wipe in white. So yeah, seven bucks seems kind of right what you want to be paying, but for the one edition, the ninth edition, which doesn't have anything special, like unless. I, I I don't know the uh printing how how much that was printed specifically from that set. Like maybe there was a 
a lapse of printing from it. And because of that, that's why we're having a spike. Like, there's less ninth edition Wrath of Gods out there. Maybe. I don't know. Since since nothing else is moving, like, it, it's hard to say. It's really hard to say because, yeah, this is this exact same art that the normal Wrath of God is going to be getting in Double Masters, aside from the Buy a Box or Game Day promo. So, JB, some closing thoughts? Yeah, I don't know. I I really don't. I'm not sure why this is the only one spiking. Hmm. Well, you hear you you hear it here first, folks. Don't be buying Wrath of Gods Ninth Edition when you got Seventh Edition, Eighth Edition. Uh, heck, you, can have, you you have ten editions you can buy. Yeah, all, all, uh, right. all for all for cheaper prices. Aside from you know like. Beta Alpha, those ones are expensive, but yep. the, the, those ones deserve the price. They're they're uh, they're rare in themselves. And oh man, I believe that is an interesting take on a finance section. Maybe we can do this more often, where one of us just picks a card that we notice had such a ridiculous price spike, and then we talk about it. You know, three schmucks with microphones style, right? <laughs> As always, if you're looking to be saving some money on some cards, we highly recommend that you use TCG Sniper. They are a great tool to be picking out cards when they start dipping down in price. You open up TCG Sniper online, make an account, you submit a card through a link through TCG Player, and then TCG Sniper will send you notification through Discord, text, email, when the card that you submitted drops to whatever desired price that you set when you submitted the card. And then you click the link, you buy the card, and you become a happy magic player. Because you're saving some money and you're showing patience. Sure, we'll go with that. (laughs) Yeah, no one has patience. Alright. This week, we did not get a listener submitted deck which is fine we're fine with that but found this super fun looking one that we have uh, that we want to share with you right now this one we found on mtggoldfish.com it is titled haha helm go do burr <laughs> It's uh, submitted by I'm Really Bad at MTG. Okay, so this is a red-white deck that focuses on an infinite combat step with Combat Celebrant and Helm of the Host. So... What caught my eye on this one is Helm of the Host specifically. Oh, uh, this is a Pioneer deck as well. Uh, Helm of the Host, I'll read it here, is 4-drop legendary artifact equipment that reads, at the beginning of combat on your turn, create a token that's a copy of equipped... Oh, hold on. What? That phase? Yeah, there is an additional combat phase. So yeah, you just get another combat phase. So, uh, except the token... uh, at the beginning of combat on your turn, create a token that's a copy of equipped creature, except it isn't. Uh, the token isn't legendary, and equipped creature 
if equipped creature is legendary, that token gains haste. Uh, equip five. And combat celebrants is red two for a four one human warrior that reads. If combat celebrant hasn't been exerted this turn, you may exert it as it attacks. When you do untap all creatures you control, and after this phase, there's an additional combat phase. So the main gist of what you're trying to do to achieve the combo of this deck is get Helm of the Host equipped to combat celebrant, and that will get you infinite, uh, infinite combats. Uh, the one of the, uh, there, there's a couple fun cards in here that help make Helm of the Host a lot better. Uh, like Sigarda's Aid, uh, Helm of the Host. One of the restrictive things is it's a five mana to equip cost, but with Sigarda's Aid, which is a single white that you may cast or an equipment spells as though they had flash, and whenever equipment enters the battlefield under your control, you may attach it to target creature you control. So this is a one mana spell that saves you five mana to equip this uh, to equip helm of the host to combat combat celebrant so that's a key key piece there to help that out in the deck as well they have open the armory which is a two drop tutor for an equipment or an aura card put in your hand sorcery speed uh there's fun fact only one equipment in this whole deck and it is helm of the host so Sigarda's Aid cuts the price of Helm of the Host to equip by five. Open the armory, make sure, make sure that you get Helm of the Host. And then it has a couple other uh, effects here that help get the game to turn four or five where you can start going off. Authority of Consoles, which is a one-drop enchantment. Creatures your opponent's control enter tapped. And when a creature enters the battlefield under an opponent's control, you gain a life. There's also Elisid of Life's Bounty, which is a one-drop, one-one enchantment creature nymph with lifelink. You pay one, you sack it, target creature, or enchantment you control gains protection of a color of your choice. So this is a way to help uh, protect Cruel Celebrant maybe from damage, or you can sack it and give it a pro color for when it starts swinging. So that way the damage, uh, push through the damage and stuff. Uh, this is a red-white deck. It has, of course, Boros Charm, making all your uh, things indestructible as you start having infinite combat steps. Can never go wrong there. And then uh, a card that none of us have fully been able to figure out why it's here is Iron Craig Feet. Red, 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 one, sorcery. Add seven red mana. You can cast only one more spell this turn. My guess for this is I have absolutely no idea. Right. Like, yeah, I got nothing. I, You know, we were trying to think of other things to put in place of here. And what I think I just realized I really like is um, Legion Warboss. Or uh, Goblin Rabble Master. That's another uh, pioneer card that makes tokens. Like, a way to get more creatures. Widen out the board. If you're getting infinite combat steps, like, 
you want to have a bunch of creatures that are going swinging. Right. What about Krenko? Ooh. That would be good. The goblins would be infinite. Yeah, because every, every combat, he tr- it triggers. Yep. And it's a three drop as well. So, I mean, Krenko yep. mob and it, boss. It, it escalates too because you put a counter on him and then you create goblins equal to his power. So you're just dumping out more and more goblins every combat. Ooh, uh, Tin Street Kingpin, that's the one. Yep. Yep. But those goblins don't have haste. Uh, so the goblins are literally just sitting there. They were not yet. Yeah, you would need... Uh... Unless you had something that gave creatures haste. Well, no, that's where, you know, like, Rabble Master or Legion War Boss then come in. Because yeah. Rabble Master... Uh, beginning of your combats on each turn, you create a goblin with haste. And then when goblin rabble master attacks, it gets a plus one until end of turn for each other attacking goblin. Yep. And so this is the thing with Elisa of Life's Bounty is you would sack it, give it pro color of your choice, and then this thing keeps pro color till end of turn, and then you just keep beating in. Or if you cast uh, Boros Charm to give your guys indestructible, then you're just swinging rabble master in, having no problems. Yep, yep. And then Legion War bosses in the same, like, same ilk there. Uh, beginning of combat, you make a goblin. Uh, he has Mentor, though, so it, that, it's, it's, uh, it keeps, keeps the counter around and stuff. Makes a little bigger. I don't know. I think Rabble Master is still better because it gives your uh, Rabble Master. Oh, no, it's, it's not an anthem for them. So, yeah. Rabble Master, Legion War Boss, pick your poison on which one that you like preferably, I think. I imagine there's a bunch of discussion like which one is better for something like this. But have a playset of that in place of the Iron Craig feats, you know. Yeah. that Because, yeah, none of us have been able to figure out because it's not like you can use Iron Craig feat to cast Helm of the Host and equipped the same turn. Because it only gives you seven mana, and it's nine to cast and equip the Helm of the Host. This is one of those weird situations where, oh, hey, I have what would be seven or six mana, and you cast this to get that nine. This is one of those weird ones, like, hey, I need this, and I don't have the two other things that make things cheaper. Right. Or the only other thing I can think of is if he had cast it the turn before. You know, cast Helm of the Host the turn before. It was sit he didn't have Cigar Zade out. So he cast Helm of the Host. Okay. Next next turn comes around. Doesn't draw that fifth land, but he has Iron Craig feet. Yep, I'd work too. Now you could equip it. That's the only thing I can think of. Is yep. if he's stuck on four land and needs the five to equip. But this deck doesn't look like it's going to be sticking at four land. It, he's the this person is running twenty four lands in their deck. Exactly. But I mean that's 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 the only thing that I personally can think of why you would have that card in there. Yeah. Yeah. Just just in case you ha- happen to hit that land pocket or non land pocket, but for a- one pocket, the one land. But for a four of, that seems like yeah. I would, that's what's weird. Is there's a four right. of. 
And that's the thing, though. You're you're technically not casting Helm of the House. You're just equipping it. So unless unless it's so you can equip Helm the House and then borrow Charm the same turn for lethal. I think that I think that's what he's looking at. Maybe, yeah. It just to equip the Helm of the House and then have Boros Charm ready so you can cast it for the last two mana and make your guy indestructible or all your permanents indestructible and then just go infinite. Only thing is you'd have to have a you'd have to hold up a white land to be able to cast Boros Charm. Well yeah, I, I get that, but it's I suppose yeah. Makes sense. Um yeah, I have no idea. No idea. Well, but, I mean, his screen name does say it all. Well, he's also running 12 dual lands, so it is possible to hold up a white, but... You know, I like this deck. This does look very fun. Like, yeah, for no, sure. Right. I think I think we're all in agreement here. The Iron Craig feat does seem a little bizarre. There, unless there is definitely something that we're missing that the creator of this deck knows that we don't. Uh, they don't have a description down here to help, you know, yeah, uh, verify something like that for us. But overall, uh, I think this deck would be good. Replace those out for Rabble Masters. Uh, there are two Danitha Capuchin Paragons. Uh, it's uh, two, two ores and equipment spells cost one less to cast. I don't know if that's really as important, especially if you got something like Sagarda's Aid. Um, you could probably change that for something that's more of like a damage draw card kind of a thing. Uh, one thing that's coming to my mind is like Fiery Prophecy. Uh, a little more little more control of, of, of the board that way to keep creatures down, you know? Or maybe, maybe they can run a Wrath of God. <laughs> you just had to plug that, didn't you? I did. I did. Kids these days and tell you what. We will be linking this deck below. And honestly, like this, this has us all squ- scratching our heads. JB, JB. To rent this, to get this deck online is not half bad. It's $14. 14 14.6 ticks. It's um surprisingly expensive in paper. It's $228. Uh, I just want to note that now uh one of the main reasons for that is the land. Well, also Sigarda's aids a full playset of that is 20 bucks and then a playset of Helm of the uh, Helm of the Host is uh almost 40. Yeah, you know, combat celebrants thirty two bucks. Boros Charms seventeen. Yeah, expensive in paper, cheap online. You should give this uh, deck a try. You know, like I said, uh, change change out the Iron Craig with uh, Rabble Master. Wonder how much uh, Rabble Master is in ticks. Rabble Master in ticks is well, just under four ticks. Not bad. So the funny thing is, for online, the expensive car is Inspiring Vantage. So the place that's eight dollars and seventy six cents. Yeah, how's the fast land more expensive than the shock land online? Shock is two fifty six. 
for a playset. And then the next highest is uh, Cigars 8 at 120 and everything else. Or Boris Chimes eight. Everything else is less than 40 cents. This deck looks fun. JB, give it a shot. <laughs> I might have to. And let us know the results because being able to get infinite combat steps with a Goblin Rabble Master actually seems pretty fun. <laughs> So don't don't give me ideas because I will play it in Pioneer. I'm okay if that's the case. We're giving you ideas, Danny. Like this, this yeah. seems like right up your alley too. Like this is red, white. Yeah, I played Boros Standard when Boros Reckner was in Standard. Right, but you don't have a Moto account, so that's certainly the reason why I was tossing towards JB I, because he's the I, spike out of I us. I do. I just don't play. Well, maybe you should. Maybe this is what'll get you in. Maybe. It's fourteen bucks. That's that's like, jeez, like hell. I think I'd put fourteen bucks in this. Well, probably again, it would be a little more for those rabble masters or legion war bosses, pending whichever one. But this just seems goofy and such a fun deck. But from there, y'all have made it to the end of another episode, uh, episode forty-eight specifically. Thank you for listening. Uh, if you made it all the way to the end, you are a you are a legend. Thank you. As always, make sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and check us out on Discord, where we uh, talk a lot on there. Uh, right now, we are waiting for a story about Soren not being a vampire. <laughs> right? If you have questions, comments, concerns, uh, you can hit any one of us up on Twitter, Facebook, or Discord, or you can also shoot us an email at thisweekinmtg at gmail.com. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss whenever an episode comes out. Episodes are up Tuesday nights uh, to help protect my uh, to help protect my own sanity there. A couple of reminders before we actually close this out. We have a special episode up with Lockheed that will be coming up here pretty soon, uh, or it will be out same time that this episode comes out go check that out we talked double masters and how to kind of spot counterfeit cards it was a super fun conversation and uh we got that and if you want to listen to some more interviews we have the spell table interview with jonathan of spell table that was a fun one as well go check that out we are sponsored by J-Dubs Sports Cards and Gaming, who so graciously donated us two Theros Thought Seizes that we are doing a giveaway for, which the giveaway is ending this Wednesday. Uh, winners will be picked and uh, notified by Wednesday night. So if you haven't entered, go enter in. Uh, it's super easy. Links are in the description or you can find it on Facebook and Twitter. There's the pinned posts at both of those. Oh, geez, that was a that was a long end read there. Did I miss anything? Not that I can think of. Boom. Thank you guys for listening, making it to the end. We'll catch y'all later. Bye. See ya.
Danny Oakstead. <laughs>